Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning, witches. It is April 11th, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by A Curious Future by Kiki Dombrowski. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, we must be willing to get rid of the life we've planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. The old skin has to be shed before the new one can come by Joseph Campbell. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking lemon, um, I keep wanting to call it lemon spell, freezer spell, lemon meringue pie. And we are talking about oranges this week. So yesterday we talked about kind of the cool like history and the um, mythology and the uh, artistry of the orange. Today we're talking about seven creative ways to use uh, abundance, like how to use oranges in a fun way for the holidays. Even though it's not the holidays, but you know what? It could be. It could be the holidays. You know, who am I to tell anyone what to do? This is from cookinglight.com. So number one, you can freeze them. Gently remove the skin of your oranges with a paring knife and segment the oranges, removing all membranes and seeds. Store them in a freezer-safe Ziploc bag for up to a year. Two, you can make juice. A great option is to make juice. Fresh orange juice will last two to three days in a clean, tightly sealed bottle or jar. Three, you can make concentrate. To make homemade orange juice concentrate, Juice your oranges and pour them into freezer-safe plastic containers. Another option is to pour your juice into ice cube trays. Freeze, pop out the ice cubes from a Ziploc bag, and you can defrost as needed. Frozen juice will last three to four months in the freezer. Can I just tell you, things never last as long in the freezer as I think they do. I kind of have a rule that if it's in the freezer, it's forever. But whenever we read these articles, it's always like, only a month. And I'm like, ugh. So you can use it to infuse your favorite liquor. Um, you can do orange-infused bourbon. So that's really fun if you're into that, like maybe like fun cocktails. Now, number five is interesting. They said you can use it to brighten up a recipe. And why that's fun is because something I learned from HelloFresh is that like you can put lemon on anything, anything. And they're pretty much saying, yeah, do the same with oranges. Just squeeze it on anything. Ooh, I like number six, freeze the zest. Zest your oranges and put the zest in a freezer-safe zip-top container. The bright boost of flavor is particularly lovely when oranges are out of season. And then finally, make candy. Um, yeah, candy orange zest. Uh, a friend of mine will candy orange slices. and Oh my God, it's so good. And um, yeah, garnish over ice cream. Or pair with chocolate for an elegant after-dinner treat. All right, moving into some headlines. 
This comes to us from the NewYorkPost.com. We've seen this kind of pop up a bunch, but I thought this was interesting. Giselle Bunchen admits she's a witch. So we've kind of heard like the rumor, oh, Giselle Bunchen's a witch. So let's see what she has to say about this. Giselle Bunchen wants to make the world a more magical place. The 42-year-old supermodel is making a new name for herself as the Witch of Love, Bunchen said in a Vanity Fair profile. The Brazilian beauty gave the interview from her Costa Rican home, during which an injured robin that she had been nursing dropped, um, oh, pooped, honestly. Okay, I don't know why that's in the, this is weird. This is a weird article. I don't like it. So she she's caring for a bird. That's nice. And oh, and apparently when the bird pooped, she said it was an omen. Okay. I mean, she's living her life, you know? Okay, and she has tarot cards, they're saying. She has crystals. All right. Cool. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to, like, water down this. It's just it feels a little extra. Um, she says, I want to do things I believe are an extension of me. Being a model is not really an extension of me. It's being an actress in a silent movie. Okay, so she's just trying to find herself. Good for her. I mean, she's rich, so she's doing something right. Is that like not, or should I not say that? I don't know what's going on. This this article is just freaking me out. I'm going to click away. I don't like it. Okay. Um, that's it. Uh, ignore that whole segment because that was just weird. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent so we can move past this. And we'll talk more after the break. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, April 11th. The waning gibbous moon continues to push boundaries in Sagittarius today. Here, the moon trines Jupiter and squares Neptune. There's a lot of zip and zim to our day, but we can't seem to find a way forward. It's great that we're so enthusiastic and have a lot of energy, but we just can't find a proper place to put it. Neptune is filling our vision with fantastical ideas and daydreams that are just beyond our reach. It's nice to have an idealistic viewpoint, but it's not always a productive use of time. Find one of those dreams that are a little closer to realizable and set your sights there, at least for today. Your daily moon mantra is, the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist expects it to change, the realist adjusts the sails. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Humans have been obsessed with predicting the future ever since the dawn of civilization. We've watched the stars, gazed into crystal balls, thrown bones, read cards, and more, all in an effort to better understand ourselves and our place in this magical world. A Curious Future is your guidebook to a variety of divination practices. Did you know that you can divine with wine? Or that a simple pair of dice can give you prophetic insight? This book will help you predict the future through a variety of insightful and sometimes unusual techniques. A Curious Future by Kiki Dombrowski is available for order online from your local bookshop or wherever books are sold. All right, so we are back with 
Kiki Dombrowski, and this is our second day of our Book of Shadows series. I had so much fun sharing uh, yesterday uh, the really cool, rich history of the grimoire and the surprisingly recent history of the Book of Shadows. So um, now we're pretty much going to hand this over to Kiki. Uh, so in terms of Rachel's question, like, where should she start? <laughs> Well, I think that, you know, maybe the first thing you want to come up with is creating a written statement of intent. What is it that you want your book of shadows to do for you? Um, is it something that you want to share with a coven? Is it something that is private for you alone? Is it something that someday you want to publish? Is it something that you're going to give as a gift to your children? Um, is it artistical? Is it practical? Is it a little bit of both? Um, do you want it handwritten? Um, so I would say that coming up with a written statement of intent for your book of shadows is, is probably the first step. Um, and just some ideas for things to think about. And I'm still using the word to term book of shadows. I realized <laughs> that's so funny. So it's really uh, hard to break the habit. I, I'm so used. <laughs> Right. Um, the things that you need to think about are when you create this book, we'll call it the grimoire from now on. When you build your grimoire, you build your statement of intent for your grimoire. Think of it as a place where you're going to collect personal magic. Um, you may want to talk about or write about or draw about your encounters with the magical um, you may want to collect notes on the things you've researched. Maybe you're listening to Tanya every single day and you take a little paragraph of notes after you listen. And um, that might be something you want to include. Um, so I think that that's probably the first step. What, what do you want to gain from this grimoire? Um, for me personally, my grimoire is a is, is a giant three ring binder. And the intent for that grimoire was a place to collect everything that I've researched. I mean, I've printed out articles, like photocopied book pages from libraries and there are places to, to put these in. However, it also includes um, rituals, correspondences. And so I guess if I was going to write a statement of intent for my grimoire, it would be um, a magical, ever-evolving collection of my encounters with magic and witchcraft. Yeah, I think that um, is really, I like how you kind of uh, described it, because mine and we'll we'll get into this on Friday of mistakes, but <laughs> so mine kind of it definitely started out as like okay I just want like tried and true spells again very a la what you see in movies and TV where you need something there's the perfectly written thing and uh, you move on. However, it didn't really stay that way. So I in I would end up like you know, just in my work, I come across things that feel special or unique or strange. And I'm like, oh, this is something uh, wild and I want to save it. And I would end up slipping it into my grimoire. 
And it has now kind of become this holder of all things kind of unique and strange that I've like stumbled upon uh, in my witch journey. And I actually even have, which it's so crazy. So when I moved to New Orleans, I met someone um, who was really cool. And she was just one of those people, like she's obviously the coolest person in the room, but she makes you feel like you're the coolest person in the room. Just like one of those people, you know? And she had moved away and then she had come back for like a weekend. Um, and But it was during like the height of the pandemic. She like drove in. And uh, we went to the French Quarter and it, it was completely empty. And she had a little Polaroid camera. And we took a photo in front of a completely empty Jackson Square with our masks on. And like that photo just felt like such a strange snapshot of a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that lives in my book of shadows because it just, I love it. So anything that feels unique or strange, or I've, I've received strange t- uh, typewriter typed letters um, that are just unique and different. And I'll save those and I'll put those in my book of shadows. So well, definitely what I had meant it to be is not what it ended up being at all. Right. To your point, this is, uh, I love what you said. I feel like when you start a grimoire, you're like, I, yeah, the tried and true, like the stuff I've done, the stuff that I do every single time, you know, the same chicken curry recipe I eat every single week, you know, like that equivalent, <laughs> but in the magical world is what you think is going to add up, end up in your grimoire. But for me, if if that's all the grimoire is, it's hard for me to touch it. It's hard for me to work with it. It's hard for me to interact with it. When I think of the grimoire as a living and growing book, it feels like it's it's more welcoming to incorporate more stuff into it. You, you know what I mean? Like like you said, like that picture. You know, I, 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 that's not a quote from a Lori Cabot book. You could have a Lori Cabot quote, that's fine. But, but you know, it's still, it's it's a liminal time. I mean, that's a historical, we, we lived through history through that pandemic and, and to be in such a magical place that obviously experienced its own, you know, challenges. Um, it, it was just like you and the ghosts, right? Like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. so. I love that. I, I, you know, you could, anytime I tried to either create a journal, a notebook, a a scrapbook, a grimoire, where it's just like, I just want the polished final draft in here. Guess what? That book is empty. (laughs) But the Mm -hmm. ones where I'm just like, let me just put in, you know, the weird dream I had last night, the fact that I keep seeing the number four, five, six, um, my favorite crystal, or, you know, I keep seeing this crow outside my window, and I'm going to paint a picture of it. That is when the magic starts to build. And this, this, this grimoire, it really does take on your magical personality. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Audrey Grabowski. Audrey, you scrumptious, cunning, kraken. Uh, Lori Sanderson. Lori, you badass, innocent werewolf. Don Howard, you luminous, fancy wendigo. 
And finally, KCO, you formidable poetic garden nymph. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card pull from the Buffy Tarot. And our card today is the Ten of Pentacles. The Ten of Pentacles finds you winning the game of life. And no, you can't trade the children for more cash. You are heavy on the abundance, low on the strife, and wanting for nothing. Isn't it great? Now that you've made it, it's a perfect time to examine how you can give back. How can you care for your Scoobies? What can you do to make sure everyone around you has enough? Sharing is caring after all. All right, witches. That's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. I had an abortion when I was 15 years old in my home state of Arizona in 1994. It was not a decision that I made lightly, but I have never for one moment doubted that it was the right decision for me. But so much has changed in Arizona and many other states since then. If I were that same 15-year-old in Arizona today legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound, go to a state-mandated in-person counseling session designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, and then take a state-mandated 24-hour time out to make sure I really know what I wanted. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. It is my body, not the state's. Women and their doctors are the ones that are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them no one else. No bill that criminalizes abortion will stop anyone from making this incredibly painful decision. These bans will not stop abortion from happening, but they will drive women and girls and people into the shadows, which is what this has always been about, shaming and controlling women's bodies. In the week after I shared my story on my show, women were coming up to me in the street, in the supermarket, at my gym, with tears in their eyes, thanking me for my bravery. But the word brave didn't sit right with me. Why is it brave to speak to an experience that millions of people around the world throughout history have gone through? And then I realized it is considered brave because as women, we have been taught to feel shame about our bodies since birth. I am so sad that we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements because the why doesn't matter, it should not matter. I am a human being that deserves autonomy in this country that calls itself free, and choices that a human being makes about their own bodies should not be legislated by strangers who can't possibly know 
or understand each individual circumstances or beliefs. I'm here today to help destigmatize a legitimate medical procedure and continue to encourage women not to allow themselves to be shamed for their choices. And finally, I am here today for my two little girls, Birdie and Cricket. My dream for them is that they will live in a world in which women are truly equal with complete control over their own reproductive health. That is the dream I hold for all people, regardless of their privilege or parents or what state they live in. That dream is slipping further and further from reality with every ban passed. I hope that you, our elected leaders, can help us reverse the tide. Thank you. I look forward to today's discussion.